So as a theme we've been addressing over the months, uh, vineyard values, and different, different weeks uh, we've been addressing different values of the vineyard movement. Um, really these are kingdom values, I think in a large part too, they're fairly, when you look at them, they're things that people in general value about life and living. This morning we're going to explore a little bit about integrity, the vineyard values integrity. So when I say the word integrity, give me some words that come to mind when you think about integrity. Integrity, what's a word that comes to mind? Morals, honour, honesty, truth, character, your word is your word. There's a consistency there, yeah? Yeah, very good. Purity. Excellent words. I've got a few of them written down. When I, for me, when it's like, what is integrity? Like you kind of, it's, it's a hard one to define sometimes. We've, we've thrown a few words there, but where do we see it? How to recognise it? So, so when I was sort of looking at this, I, I looked up integrity. And uh, it's a pretty cool little journey. You're all right, by the way. 21st century, there's no right or wrong. We don't, we don't mind. Anyway, don't get me started. Integrity. Here's one definition. The quality of being honest, having strong moral principles, the state of being whole and undivided. Now, I like that bit. It's a state of being. It's a state of being. It's not something that you necessarily attain. It's not something you tick off in your resume. It's a state of being. It's not skills that you can pick up. You don't become a great integrity engineer. Actually, if you're a good engineer, what you design should have integrity. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but, but integrity is a state of being. Now, all of us, every single human being is, in, is a being. We are all in some sort of state And as you would know, if you've been on the planet for any length of time, enough to be self-aware, in any given day, your state of being can vary enormously. I like that word about if you, you know, you want to test yourself out, discover that you're not the centre of the universe, have kids. You soon discover a whole range of states of being. But integrity is a state of being whole, of being undivided. There are two words related to integrity that I want to look at very briefly. The first is integral, integral, or if something is integral. You've heard this word before. If something is an integral part, it's a necessary part to make up the whole, complete. So all of us, there's this, there's this um, concept of something that is an integral. You've seen a movie, you've been sitting there watching a movie with someone and they've missed... And, and it's like, no, no, don't, you need to hear this. Oh, especially with kids. Stop, rewind it. You need to hear this bit. Stop talking. This part is important. If you want to have an understanding of the whole story of what's going on here, imagine, you remember the movie Sixth Sense? Remember Bruce Willis? Imagine missing the last 10 minutes of that movie. You would, you would, people would be talking about it and talking about how amazing it was. You would have 
okay, I didn't get that. Why? Because the ending is an integral part to understand the whole. I'm not going to tell you what that is. You can go and look it up on wherever you can find it. A piece of a puzzle. How funny is it? Not really. It is funny when you're a kid to take away one of the pieces of mum's puzzle that she's working on over the holidays. How frustrating is it to finish a piece of puzzle but find, or I used to like to take the cor a corner piece because you build off the corners or the outside. Those pieces of the puzzle are an integral part of the whole. And in order for something to be whole, it needs all of the parts. The radiator is an in integral part of an engine's cooling system. If that radiator's not working or if it's blocked, the water's not going to get nice and cold to cool the engine down, the whole car will break down. Why? Because your radiator's stuffed. And there are, you understand the imp what integral means. The other word uh, that I think contributes or links very strongly to integrity is the concept of integrated. So we've got integrity, we've got integral, and this word integrated. In, something is integrated where various parts or aspects are linked or coordinated. Next week, um, the organisation I work for, Scripture Union Queensland, has their big fundraising dinner. It's called the Frontline Dinner. They've been doing that for 20-something years. Now, that's a big event. You've got a whole range... We go over to, uh, into the RNA there. They've got a big, big room there. There's... 100-odd tables, each with 10 or more guests. We've got the acts going to be up on stage. Various speakers are going to be speaking. There's going to be, you know, acts singing and someone will do an inspirational talk. There's all these different aspects for a successful night. It's going to kick off at about 6 o'clock. It's going to finish at 11 o'clock or something like that. But for that event, or for any event, even a church service, for this to work requires that all of the parts be integrated, all of the parts be coordinated. Otherwise, people don't know, for frontline, people don't know what they're doing. It, you've, you've, have you ever been to something where you've gone, that was just a hodgepodge? It could be a community fate. It could be, be anything, any sort of event, if it's to be successful, requires that all the parts that people are playing have to be integrated. They're coordinated. You've also seen something beautiful. I love sport for this reason. One of the reasons I love NFL at the moment is because in an NFL game, the whole team, it's, it's less so in rugby league. It kind of, I, I love rugby league. Come on, the Raiders, the Savi. But, but in an NFL team, every single person has a specific role that they need to do. And when a play works, and it works exactly how it's designed to, you can see it's like it's poetry. The, the handing off of the ball, the timing, the gap, the, the tackles open up the gap, the running back runs through it, like it's, it's gold. For a lot of people, I'm just speaking gibberish right now, I know a lot of people, I can see in a lot of faces, they're like gridiron I'm talking about. But you, when everything is integrated, when everyone is on the same page, when everyone is coordinated, poetry happens. Beauty happens. We come to the end of a frontline event and go, that was outstanding. Everything just worked beautifully in with one another. Why? Because it was integrated. Integration or integrated and integrity link or and integral link to the concept of integrity. Kirk often quotes a book by um, 
Soren Ortberg called Soul Keeping. And he's quoting Dallas Willard, and he, he's not specific, he's, he's writing about the soul, and he talks about the integrated soul. Dallas Willard says the human soul seeks to integrate our will, our mind, our body into an integral person. Willard's is saying that the, the purpose of our soul, and our soul becomes the, the wholeness of us. We talk about a soul, how many souls are on board, you know, that sort of thing. How many people, how many, um, yeah. So the, the soul is the whole thing, and Willard is saying what the soul is trying to do is trying to integrate our mind, our will. So when I talk about our mind, that's where we're talking about our thoughts, our feelings, our values, our conscience, our, our, our awareness, if you want to use the word mind. Understand that some of these terms are interchangeable, you know, that people use. But, but for today and, and what Kirk's been basing it off, our, our mind is, is those things, our thoughts, our feelings, the things we value or what we would say we value, our conscience. Our will has to do with our intentions, our, our aspirations, uh, our, our, the why that we do something is our will. And our body includes not just obviously our physical body, though it certainly does include that. We see someone being healed. How often do we see someone be healed when they do the hard work of forgiveness in there, which is a spiritual transaction, and we find that unlocks healing in their body? We are a connected, to varying degrees, integrated being is the human being. It's a state of being. And so, and so our body includes things like our facial you know, stuff or our, our body language, um, of course, our body, um, and the things that we do, our actions, our will, our body, the way we actually behave. You've heard that term, actions speak louder than words, all right? So someone who, who talks or speaks something, yes, I will do that, but doesn't go and do it, their actions have not lined up our actions have not lined up with our words or with our intentions. That right there is an example of someone who's not integrated. That actually suggests, and, and, and understand that, remember, we can, be, we can start the day in one way and finish the day in a whole other. We're a constantly moving, dynamic, integrated or disintegrated human being. That's really the opposite of... of integration is disintegration and I love that term because a lot of how I understand people how I understand myself how I understand people working in the world has to do with varying levels of integration as a chaplain when I'm talking uh, both with people but also with others around how people work I keep that in mind about the integration of someone because if we're integrated our mind our, our intentions our actions, our words. Someone said before, your word is your word. Uh, our our behaviour comes into line with that, is integrity. Someone has integrity when their actions back up what they say because the actions obviously come through a will, comes through a verbal, if you like, expression or a thought, and then it, it works out. Is this, this makes sense. I'm probably teaching you to suck eggs right now. You get it. Just say, we get it, man, move on. You can do that. 
I believe, as Willard says, the soul is trying to integrate. I, I, what I believe is that our soul is actually looking for peace. I think what every human being seeks at the very core of our being is peace. There is a saying that, that used to, well, not used to, it goes around, in vino veritas, have you heard of that? In wine, there is truth. In other words, you get to see what's in a person when they're a little tipsy. All right? In vino veritas. In wine, there is truth. And I'd, I, in, in, along that line, I think that in integrity, there is peace. If there is integrity in our lives, that is where we have peace. When everything lines up, we have peace. And it doesn't matter what our circumstances are. Our, our, our family could be a bit of a mess. Our work could be a bit of a mess. We might feel a little disconnected socially or whatever, but, but internally as a person, if, we, if our conscience is clear, if our conscience is clear, if we're in reasonable shape, I'm not just talking about healthy, but health is part of this because integrity is about healthy. If our thinking is straight, if our mind is clear, we have peace. That's very different to Australia in the 21st century. We are more drunk than we've ever been before, whether it be on alcohol, whether it be our abuse of substances and drugs. What Australia is doing is tearing itself apart because the individuals are tearing themselves apart. We are disintegrating. And where that's happening in a community of individuals, we see that spread out. We see it in the economy, we see it in families, we see it in our rugby union team. No, no, forget somewhere about that. But you understand what I'm saying? Where there is disintegration, where there's a reliance on, 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 on any sort of substance, there's escape. There's a, there's, a not want, there's a wanting to get away from all of that stuff. But you can't escape it. A hangover just reminds us of that. I'm still here. Your mess is still here. And I'm not going anywhere. In Australia, we are working very, very hard. The way we spend our money to escape ourselves is what people are doing. But the kingdom of God is the very opposite. What's going on in our world, our communities, and in your and my very lives tends to reflect, I think. Let's go right back to the start. In Genesis 1 verse 1, he talks about in the beginning and, and, and it describes a state of chaos. There is nothing. But then ex nihilo, out of nothing, God speaks, let there be light, there's light, but then their order comes. And God develops all of these systems and the first chapters of Genesis describe God's inventing of these systems to become perfectly integrated to create a beautiful world, a paradise. This is the purpose of God in the earth, right? And then human beings come along and we exercise our own free will, we do our thing and we disintegrate it 
Immediately, the family disintegrates. We've got one brother killing another brother. We've got, we've got weeds happening in the world. Right from that very start, there was disintegration happening. And this is our world, folks. That's the earth. But God's intention has never changed. It continues. And then right through, I think the story of the Old Testament, in fact, the whole Bible, but certainly up until Christ, it's a story of the integration of a people, God's people, and God providing opportunity for people to integrate and to be one community. When they came out of Egypt, he described to them, gave them the Ten Commandments, which were really descriptors on what it looks like when a whole community is integrated. And he laid all that out. And all through the Old Testament is the story of people coming back to God and saying, we will do what you say. We're going to jump on board with you and then there would be blessing. But when they didn't and there was disintegration, just the natural consequences of the cursing, people got what they signed up for, really. They got what they got. As people, as we continue to be focusing on ourselves, we find disintegration. Let's look at Jesus and his, what he says about integrity. He doesn't actually use the word integrity, but I'm looking at um, Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Talking of the commandments. So Jesus is often, he's this great teacher and people are always trying to get at him, especially the leaders of the people. They did not like Jesus. The teachers of the law, they had a great system worked up which kept them in power, the Pharisees and, and others, like a lot of systems. The people who write the laws get to hold on to use them to hold on to power. Welcome to humanity and every generation that's been around for thousands and thousands of years. It was no different in his time, but Jesus came as the ultimate integrated. And so when he spoke, some of these power brokers were finding themselves challenged. And one man came along, he was the teacher of the law, and he came along to Christ one day because he could see that Christ's answers were completely destroying the arguments or the intentions of those that were trying to, trying to um, ruin him. And so this man comes to Jesus, and this is verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus said in verse 29, the most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well, well said, teacher, the man replied. You were right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbour as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. Effectively saying that is more important than any religion. And when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. There's a key there. This is the teacher of the people, and Jesus said to him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is about seeing integration happen on a disintegrated world. Jesus' description of integrity, of integration, is that first he said all, everything, everything, all the prophets, everything can be summed up in this. 
love. In other words, surrender your heart, your mind, all your strength, which if you like in the context of what we're talking about is our body, what we do with our strength, what our intentions are, our thoughts, our feelings, our actions. It's just love, love God. Set God at the centre of that. And the natural consequence is integrity. Everything works in harmony. There is peace. On September 11, 2019, a friend of mine and I jumped on a plane and we headed down to Tassie and we had a great holiday down there. But on September 11, 2001, we know what happened there. Someone else jumped on a plane and brought great destruction to not just the United States of America and the, the World Trade Center, but through the whole world into confusion and disintegration. Now, when those planes flew into those buildings, you've seen, you've seen the footage, um, those buildings collapsed, didn't they? Ultimately, what it comes down to is those buildings which had stood for however many years because they were well built, lost their structural integrity and fell apart. Now, when it came time to rebuild, this is similar. Remember Christchurch, much closer, only a few years ago. In Christchurch, they had the earthquake, the very ground shook, and buildings were lost and destroyed. People were killed. And in the clean-up back in 2001, and just like in Christchurch, the building crews would go out, they would clean up, but before the, the city could get back to properly functioning, they had to test the buildings. Why? Because they've lost their structural integrity. If something is, is dangerous to be in, they would knock it down. It's better to knock it down and start again because it's not safe anymore. It's not holding together, and so they explore that. It's the same for human beings. Listen to this story, you know it. Jesus talks about it in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Again, Jesus is talking about integrity. He's not using the word integrity, but that's exactly what he's telling the people about how they can focus their life. He says this, he tells them this story. If everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, he is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. Remember the song? The rains came down and the floods came up. Anyway, I keep moving. I get carried away. The, ra the, the rains came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, but it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Notice that both, keep the metaphor going, both hear the words of Jesus. They hear the same word. What's the difference? He didn't send one message to one, to the strong one, and one message to the one that collapsed. It was the same message. What's the difference? They put them into practice. Whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, Jesus said. There's the difference. And that's what we're talking about, integrity. 
That's where integrity is not just about hearing a great message. It's not about going to a great church. It's not about singing the right songs. It's not about whether we raise our hands. That's all just fluff and bubble. There's goodness in it. It's fun and there's goodness in it. But if it doesn't actually affect our lives, we can go down the front every Sunday. We can go to every church conference and and we we can... we can do all the stuff, but if it doesn't affect change in our everyday lives, we lack integrity. The consequences are disintegration. The consequences are our life falls apart. I know many people who have turned away from God, and, 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 but they've never got the fact that, well, it didn't matter about going to church. It's not about being a good person. I tried God. I tried church. didn't work for me. Well, you didn't. It's not, a, it's not something you go along and have a little taste of and go, no, I like ice cream, not gelato. I tried this, didn't work. That can be fine in some things. What sort of coffee do you like? What sort of wine do you like? Are you a craft beer person or will you stick to the lagers? That can work for that. But when it comes to what sort of human being you are and what sort of degree of peace we will have in our life, there's no trying there's, there's being in feet and all. The whole box and dice of our life is invested. So we can understand that integrity is important and we all want and value integrity. Let's look at another character in the Bible named Peter. Peter, Peter in, in this great couple of stories, we see the disintegration of Peter and the integration of Peter. Peter's name was Simon. But after being around Jesus for a while, Jesus renamed him and he said, your name's going to be Cephas or, or Petros, uh, which Aramaic and Greek version of Peter, that's where we get the name Peter from, and it has to do with rock. And Jesus says, on this rock I'm going to build my church. Now there's some conjecture about what Jesus was actually saying, whether he's talking about himself as the rock or Peter as the rock. Peter had just said, rightly so, when Jesus said, who do people say I am, Peter said, You are the Christ. You're the one come from God to save the whole world. And Jesus said, yep, you're right. And on that, I'm going to build my church. On that, on that belief, on that understanding, I'm going to build the whole church. Right? So Peter is a major player in the Jesus people at that stage. But as the time comes, we know the story, they have their last supper. Judas goes out and he he, um, sells his soul for bit of money, 30 pieces of silver, and he comes back into the garden. Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane, and uh, Judas betrays him. Now, beforehand, sorry, while they were still having dinner, Jesus effectively says, once Judas goes out, he goes, now this is it, now it's time. It's come for the son to be glorified. Basically, I'm going to, I've been talking about this, guys, tonight's the night. It's all going down. I'll be killed. And Peter steps up, and he's like, in his words, he's like, Bring them on. I will, I will die with you. I put my life, listen to his words, I put my life into this. I will die with you. And Jesus looks at him and just says, you know what? Even before it's dawn, before the rooster crows to signify the dawn, you will deny me. You will do the very opposite of what you're claiming to do right now. And as the story plays out, we understand that, that Peter, with great bravery, I might add, follows Jesus into where he's arrested and where he's being tortured. No one else did that, or not many others did that. Good on you, Peter. But 
at the time of testing, when the rain came down, when the winds of threat blew against his house, what did he do? He fell apart and he denied Christ. Not once, not twice, but three times. That poor bloke. I can't say I would have done any different because in our life, it's all about self-preservation. Our whole world in Australia, in the whole world, is about self-preservation. Protect what is ours. Protect me. Some of the worst disintegration that's going on in people's lives, I find, is because they're just trying to find, to protect themselves. And they're not willing emotionally to step into properly addressing the threat that is in their life. Not willing to necessarily, we're all the same, we all have this in varying degrees, when we're willing to step into that honest place and be ready to lose our lives, this is what Jesus said. He actually said this. Whoever wants to save his life is going to lose it. But whoever's prepared to lose their life for my sake and the gospel, that person will find it. And for some, re- for some people on the planet, it does mean they actually lose their lives. They are killed. In India, only earlier this week, there was a big decree went out and it was like, let's kill 200 missionaries. Let's go out and kill 200 Christians. People do lose their life. We don't see it here in Australia. We don't see it here in Australia. But Jesus said, whoever's prepared... And, and ultimately, it comes down to this. Who wants... Who's prepared to stay integrated? Who wants peace? Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Whoever's prepared to to let it all go and stand honestly before the cross, because that's where it happens. And Peter couldn't. He fell apart. I don't blame him. I'm with you, Pete. Can't say I would have done any different. But then later in the first chapter of Acts, we see the grace of God revisiting Peter. And Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times, recalls Peter and gives him a new vision for his life. Jesus redeems Peter because of his grace and his mercy to Peter. What a powerful thing. So the question remains, then, how do we, how do we get integrity? Well, I think that's not the right question. Integrity is not something that we can spend the right amount of money and go out and acquire at 40% off. I only feel that because I've got a great deal this week on an outdoor setting. Super AMR, 40% off. <laughs> Integrity is not something that we go out and acquire. It doesn't matter what sort of money you got. Jesus tested the, the wealthy man. The wealthy man basically came to Jesus. He recognised and he said, yeah, it's easy. Go and sell all you've got. And come and follow me. The guy just disintegrated, fell apart, because he had a lot of money. He had a lot to lose. Do you think Jesus had a lot to lose? How do we get integrity? We can't. It's a state of being. It's not a state of having. It's not who's got the 60-inch TV or no TV at all. The TV is not the question. It's the wrong question. Integrity slash peace, remember. There is no peace. There is no peace without integrity. When everything lines up, regardless of circumstance, there is peace. Jesus comes as the Prince of Peace. And he's in Gethsemane. He's about to be betrayed. And he says, 
Father, the time has come. Listen to the will of the man here. Listen to his words and his will. If you could take, if there, is there any way this could be taken from me? But what shall I say, he said? Let this cup pass from me? No. This is the very reason I came. Listen to his mind fighting itself, at war with himself. But he surrenders. He makes this deliberate mental decision. No. This is why I came. Father, not my will, but yours be done. And that set off a chain of events that over the next few hours took him to the cross. If we want to see integrity, you cannot see integrity in this world. There's varying degrees. We all have varying degrees. Some days are better than others. Some years, some, some seasons, some decades are better than others. But the only place we can truly find proper integrity is in Dubai where they built this amazing building. No, I mean, it's there. It's integrity. I call it the VW building. It's like this. You know, you've seen that in Dubai? That, oh, mate, how did they build that on the sand? I don't get it. They found the rock, evidently, and they built on rock. But apart from that, the place of integrity is a perceived place. It's something that we discover in the spirit. It's something that people wear around their necks, the symbol. It's something that we sit out front of the church. It's the cross. On the cross, stripped naked, bleeding, his life pouring out, Jesus' actions lined up with his will, lined up with his understanding of himself and the will of the Father, a surrendered man, completely poured out his life to bring integrity back to the world. That's the purpose. And so for us, who many years later have the word of God, which describes the word of God, our movement towards integrity or our integration as human beings can be found in no other place than allowing the cross to become the lens through which we live. It's not because we want to be a good person that we stop or we restrain our swearing and the way we use our, we, we, we cut back our gossip. There are certain things that we can do. We, we tend to, we tend to um, live our lives accidentally. The vast majority of people are living their lives accidentally, instinctively. We just deal with whatever happens in the day. It's not part of our culture very necessarily to be contemplative people, to examine our lives. We go to the doctor and they take blood tests and they, we get the experts to examine our, let's say, blood or other matter that comes from our body. And they examine it because they have understanding and then they come up with a dog diagnosis or a prognosis. This is the situation for you. And they, we get a real perspective of what's going on in our body when we go to the doctor. Well, you can do that every minute of any given day. It's prayer. And prayer is simply, in the movement toward integration, is coming before the cross, naked. We're not trying to pretend anything. 
Integrity, a person with integrity has no pretense. They're, not, they're past pretending. There's honesty there, someone said before. There's a morality there. Why? Because we, we come before the one who set things right. And there's a waiting and allowing ourselves to be examined with all the warts and all concept. You know, I understand that. With all of our mess. And we stay there. And we go through our lives and we continue to visit the cross of Christ. The place where the world became integrated. The place where peace was won and then established for all time for every, every single human being. When Jesus hung on that cross in all the days leading up, his state of being was an integrated one in connection with God. And this is what any Christian seeks in their life. Any human being, I believe. But it's on us as people of God. We, we, here's their gift. We know about this. And so our lives now become this lens where we can be completely honest. And one of the beautiful things, I think, it's, if it sounds like a big ask, to me, integrity is not a big ask. It's quite simple. It's not, it's not so hard to live a life of integrity. If, you're, if who you are at work is the same as who you are at church, if the way you speak is just the way you speak, if the way you think in a workplace is the same as at church or at home, these are places where integrity can be observed. I like the, actual, the fact that my children come to school where I work. I'd like to think that when they see me around the school ground, they see Dad just the same as they see me at home. Some, to some degree, I think that's true because whenever I speak on assembly, I cop a bit of a hiding afterwards because... Um, yeah, my dad jokes are just as bad at school as they are at home. Can I invite you all to stand? There's heaps more to say and there's nothing more to say. Enough talk. No more flapping the gums. My invitation to you is to just stand quietly and consider the cross.